Welcome to Good Enough Parenting, the place where not-so-perfect parents tune in to be reminded that our kids are going to be okay, even if we don't always know what we're doing, are making a million mistakes, and trying new things. I'm Carly Aroldi, a family play therapist, childhood mental health expert, and good enough mom of two. I may be the expert in childhood mental health, but you are the expert on your kid. And by combining my practical, peaceful parenting tools with everything you already know about your child, you and your family will experience more calm, more connection, and more cooperation in your daily life. So let's throw out the idea of the perfect parent and remember that our kids just need us to be good enough. Because if you don't feel like yelling at your kids sometimes, you're not spending enough time with them. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Good Enough Parenting Podcast. I'm Carly Aroldi, and I am so thrilled to be speaking with you today. This podcast has been in my head a long time, and it's such a dream come true to actually be putting it out there and sharing it with the world. So thank you for taking the time to listen. My gut is that if you're tuning in, you're probably a stressed out parent who could use a little reminder that parenting does not have to be as hard as we make it out to be sometimes. Uh, We often complicate it with like our worry and our fear of, am I doing it right? Is this the best way to handle my challenging kid? And is this just the right, perfect parenting technique to use in this situation? Can I, can I put my kid in a timeout or will putting them in a timeout scar them forever because I've abandoned them when they're emotional? But if I don't put them in a timeout, I'm going to scream in their face. And is that going to be more damaging than actually putting them in the timeout to begin with? So if you're here, you've probably had questions like this rolling around in your mind since you first became a parent. And we're also in a really unique time of parenting where many of us don't have a village of extended family around us to guide us in parenting practices. And even if we do, most of us don't necessarily want to parent the way that we were parented because we just have so much more information now about child brain development and nervous systems and co-regulation and self-regulation. And we want to do it differently than generations before us, but we don't necessarily have a roadmap for what that looks like. So that's why I'm here and that's why I'm making this podcast because I think every parent in today's modern Western culture could use some guidance, could use some support and could use some help in how to raise kids that are kind and confident and cooperative and that can cope with whatever lies ahead in the future. So who am I to provide this guidance? Well, as you heard in the intro, I'm a child and family play therapist and a childhood mental health expert, and I've had decades of experience supporting families in creating more peace and more joy in their family lives. I have been obsessed with babies and toddlers and children since I can remember and just family life in general. When I was nine, I was president of the Little Babysitter's Club in my hometown in Connecticut. My family loves to tell stories of how I started caring for infants way before kids are probably supposed to be caring for infants that, you know, neighbors or family members would drop off their babies and be like, she's only 10. Is she okay to handle the one-year-old? And my family would be like, oh, she's great with the babies. Don't worry about it. She knows how to make them happy. It's all good. So this has really been a lifelong passion of mine. And as soon as I could, I pursued a graduate degree in clinical mental health counseling, and I specialize in working with young children. So I became an elementary school counselor, I had a private practice, and 
What I found though was much of my training and much of my work was really focused on behavior. How do we get a kid's behavior to change? You know, this this behavior is challenging. How do we get it to go away? Should we use a sticker chart? Should we threaten? Should we incentivize? And changing behavior is a great goal, but to me, that was just the surface, right? That was just the symptom of like having a headache. So, oh, I have a headache. I can take a Tylenol, make that headache go away. But it's not getting to the root of what the headache is. Like, am I dehydrated or do I have a lot of neck tension? So we can get behavioral obedience pretty easily. Like if you, you know, make the incentive strong enough or make the threat big enough, kids are going to cooperate. But it's not creating any sort of coping. It's not fostering how they're going to handle things. It's just getting them to be obedient in that moment when either the motivation is there or the threat is there. And I was much more interested in creating cooperation and creating connection than I was in just behavioral compliance. So I felt kind of stuck because just focusing on behavior without getting to the root of it isn't what I wanted to do. But all my training and my work thus far had brought me to that point. But then I was really lucky because a colleague invited me to a local college where they were doing a presentation on infant mental health. And I had never heard of infant mental health before. I had no idea what it meant, but she told me there was going to be wine and cheese at this event and I will go anywhere where there is wine and cheese. So I was like, sign me up. So we went to this event and I learned about infant mental health and I came home and I told my husband, I am so sorry, but I'm going back to school again. And he was like, you told me you were done with school. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm never going to be done with school. Surprise, surprise. And I told him I'm studying infant mental health. And he said, are you just making things up now? Are there crazy babies out there? Do we need to start putting Xanax in the nurseries? What are you talking about? But the main ideas behind infant and early childhood mental health is that what happens early matters. Those first 10 years are magic. It's how kids start to understand the world, understand if it's a scary place, is it a um, place where I'm gonna be taken care of? They start to see themselves in the world. Do I have power over myself in this world? Or do I need to kind of pull back from this world? So those first 10 years are so important in creating the blueprint, creating the foundation for their brain development and how they're gonna be in life. The second is that behavior is a language and that challenging behavior is really just an expression of some sort of unmet need. And I'll get way more into this in future episodes about what does that mean that challenging behavior is an unmet need, but we'll get into it. But that was another main idea that really sparked for me. And the third and most important was that children learn through their relationships They learn everything through their relationships with their primary care providers, their parents, which means, and this is a big one, that babies and toddlers and young children and adolescents are only as socially and emotionally and mentally healthy as the adults who are caring for them. Woo, that feels like a lot of pressure. That feels like a lot of pressure that our kids are going to only be as good as we are. And that really opened my eyes to understanding that supporting parents is actually the best way to support kids. That if we can change the water that the kids are swimming in by changing what the parents do and who they are, it's going to change how the kids behave. It's going to change how they see themselves and 
how they interact in their family life. So I really moved from this old school action consequences, power focused model of like threats and motivations to an approach where we actually foster coping skills and we enhance brain development rather than just looking to dominate a kid's behavior. So I shifted my work to helping parents learn how to create more peace, more joy, more calm and more boundaries in their family life. And that's because family life is a system. So what do I mean by family life as a system? Let's pretend dad goes to work, screws something up and gets yelled at by his boss. His boss yells at him. He comes home. He's in a bad mood. He yells at his wife. Now his wife is pissed. So she yells at the kid. Now the kid's upset. So he kicks the dog. Now the kid has to come to therapy for kicking the dog. That's what a system looks like. And the beauty of a system is that we only need to change one piece of it for the entire system to change. And for raising kids, if we change the leadership of the system, then everything else changes. I like to say you are the captain of the ship. So you go down, everybody's going down with you. You are the thermostat, not the thermometer. So what does that mean to be the thermostat? You want to set the tone for the emotional temperature of the house. You don't want to be reactive to the temperature around you. You don't want to say, oh, my kid's in a bad mood, so that's pissing me off, and now I'm going to be in a bad mood. You're setting what you want the regulation temperature to be rather than reacting to what's going on around you. And that's something that sounds really simple, but it's not easy. So how do you be the thermostat? So this is the first little mini tip I'm going to give you in the series, and that's called take a break and tune in. So when your kid is driving you crazy because they're screaming that they won't go to camp like my kid was this morning, or they won't eat the delicious meal that you made, or they insist on changing their socks for the 15th time and you're already running late for school and you just want to be like, just put the socks on, just eat the food, just get in the car for camp. When you're feeling yourself react, when you're feeling your temperature go up as a thermometer would, Take a break. Take a break and walk away. Tune into your own body and your own emotional temperature. And then you can reset it. You reset your th- your thermostat. And I'll have much more to share about this in future episodes about you know what we do after that, what we say, how we interact. But for right now, when you are triggered, take a break and tune in. And find some levity if you can. When I'm talking about this with the families that I work with, I always bring up the commercial for Kit Kats. You know, the give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. And Kit Kat is not a sponsor of this podcast, but I would welcome any free Kit Kats that are willing to be sent to me. But the reason I bring that up is because it's also really helpful to get playful to get playful and light, that we don't have to take it so seriously because kids are a mess and they're going to be a mess and they're going to lose it and they're going to yell and they're going to hit each other and they're going to say, I hate you. And if we get pulled into their dysregulated world, everybody loses. But if we can keep it light and if we can keep it playful, because play is their language, it's how they know how to communicate, it's how they know how to interact. So I'll be offering a lot of ways that we can use play to actually decrease challenging behavior and increase connection. But the bottom line is that taking care of yourself, taking care of your own emotional thermometer is taking care of your family. And part of taking care of yourself is reminding yourself that you don't have to be the perfect parent. 
You don't have to shoot for the stars. You just need to be good enough. So right now, take a moment and think about what does being good enough mean to me? I remember when my son was about two and a half years old and I was pregnant with my daughter and I was working full time and I just felt burnt out on all ends and that I I just wasn't, I'm like, I'm being a terrible mother. I'm just resentful when I'm here or I'm tired and I just, it's too hard. It's too overwhelming. It's too much. And I just felt like I was failing on all fronts. And I actually made a list because luckily I'd already studied infant mental health and I remembered kids don't need perfect, kids need good enough. Perfect is actually bad because it doesn't give them any bumps in the road. It doesn't give them any opportunities to develop grit. So sometimes they need challenges. I just needed to be good enough. So I made a list of what being good enough would mean to me. And in that moment, it meant I would read him two books. I would sing him a song. I would kiss him at the end of the night and tuck him in. And I would make sure I said, I love you a lot. And maybe I'd play with him for five to 10 minutes. Like if I accomplished those things, if I could check those boxes, I was doing good enough. And I was right, because that's all I did for a little bit. And of course, I inadvertently added a little more. We did other things together. But once I felt like, okay, if I accomplish this stuff, I'm doing good enough. Everything felt better. Everything felt lighter. And I actually enjoyed being a parent more than feeling like I was beating myself up the whole time for not doing more and not being more. So what do you need right now to remind yourself that you're doing good enough? In the weeks ahead, I'll be offering lots of tips and strategies for strengthening your relationship with your kids without burning out. I'll invite some colleagues to share their expertise. And also, I'd love to hear from you if there is an area of parenting that you're really struggling with, whether it's, you know, potty training or my kid is constantly saying I hate you or, you know, how do I talk to my six-year-old about sex? Anything that you want some guidance on, please DM me. I'm at Carly Councils, C-A-R-L-E-Y Councils on Facebook and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you so I can help provide some guidance in an area you might be struggling with. And I just thank you for joining today and listening to some hopefully words of wisdom. I truly believe that the way that we support our future is to invest in the social, emotional, and mental health of our young kids. And I can't wait to share more in the weeks ahead. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Good Enough Parenting. If you'd like to learn four simple play therapy techniques you can use at home today to create more calm in your family life, Go to paceparent.com forward slash play to get a free video where I'll teach them to you. And you can always hear more from me at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend, a sister, a spouse, any parent who could use a reminder that our kids don't need us to be perfect, just good enough. Until next time.